As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, we're in Charlotte. It's the Civilized Barking Podcast. It's about three hours after the game, maybe four. Let's be honest, we're trying to catch our breath just like you are. So thanks for coming along for the ride, Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd. Uh, Jason, our stories are filed. We're processing what we saw. Um, I thought for a while it was a lot like the Browns opener last year where they took a 2KC and then it turned quickly. You know, I didn't think this was going to turn. I didn't think the Browns were going to pull away, right? But um, the defense played like kind of like I thought it would. And then all of a sudden everything hit the fan. They lost Robbie Anderson. They lost their composure, you know, to an extent. And then <laughs> they get to the 40 yard line and Cade York kicks a 58 yarder. Um, and this weekend Browns had published on Friday. I predicted the Browns would win by a three on a Cade York kick from a neighboring County. So um, congratulations to you. You know, longtime listeners know that. Um, like I said, you know, for 50 minutes today, it's kind of what I expected. We know who the Browns have to ride. They're two running backs. They should beat up Baker Mayfield. They know his strengths. They know his weaknesses. And they're, it's a pretty darn good defense. And so there's things to nitpick, and we're going to dive in, and there's questions to ask. But the Browns are probably actually landing back in Cleveland by now or soon. And the main reaction is a huge sigh of relief, and that's okay. Because some, some way, any way, they needed to win this game on many levels. And whether you say miraculously or not, or took years off their life or whatever, your life as the listener, um, they did. And for the first time since 2000 and freaking four, they're one and oh. They had to win this game somehow. And, and they did. And they got some help along the way. Uh, I think if that roughing call on the final drive had gone the other way, Browns fans would be ready to burn down the city of Charlotte. It was a, Questionable call at best. Zach, you tweeted out the transcript of the uh, head official who even said, like, that was a call on the field, not necessarily saying it was the right call, just saying that was the call on the field. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know people in Charlotte are going to go crazy over that one for days. doesn't matter, man. Um, they did everything they needed to do to win. They escaped with the win. It was ugly. 
I had a bad feeling about this all week. I kept saying that. I really thought Carolina was going to win this game. I thought Baker was going to play out of his mind. None of that happened. He looked exactly like the Baker of last year for most of the game. Aside from one or two blown coverages defensively, the Browns played well, and he took advantage of those couple of plays. Um, and, of course, Zach, I wrote all year last year about Baker's numbers in fourth quarters with the game on the line, him trying to rally teams. He could never get it done. And by God, today against the Browns, until the last minute 13, it sure looked like he was going to get it done. So just it was a wild game, just a, a just a massive emotional swing back and forth. Yeah. At your suggestion, I watched the last end of the game from the tunnel uh, outside the tunnel that the, the Panthers would take back to the locker room, but it was actually the Browns sideline. And uh, I was able to just watch Jimmy Haslam taking the whole thing. And that man probably lost seven or eight years off his life just in the final 90 seconds that, that I watched the game over his shoulder. Uh, so a wild win, one they absolutely had to get. And now I think everyone can breathe a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And listen, I think it'll be good for all involved. This goes for Baker and the Panthers, too, that we move past this, right? Uh, yes. That that part's over. And, and you know, Stefanski was so exhausted that he actually gave some real human answers after the game, which we know he doesn't like to do, right? Now, he did shut down the thought that they were so all in on Baker and the drama and whatever. He basically said the nature of the beast is you get a schedule and you have five months to marinate on it. Then, of course, they trade Baker to the team that they were always going to trade him to. And then even when you get through your preparations, you know, you have the long weekend, you have the long week of practice. You start as soon as the preseason ends preparing for this team. So you're just kind of done and ready to move on. Um, And frankly, at any level, football, but it is a long season. And first games are weird and they're not smooth operations. And I thought this is where he was real and saying, you know, yeah, we got to clean some things up specifically the defensive communication and he knows they can't take delay of game and have misalignment things. Cause they're just not good enough in the past game. But he was saying like, this is what happens in the first game. Like this, this is how it goes. And so for the Browns to do that um, and survive is huge. Now uh, let's stick with the nuts and bolts for a minute. I'm still impressed with the defensive effort. Now, obviously you can't lose a guy one play 75 yard touchdown in the fourth quarter that'll get you killed. (laughs) Right. But overall, like the Panthers are a team with a new quarterback and new coordinator. The Panthers have pretty good players. Like they were going to be better in the second half. They're going to be better two, three weeks from now. It's an NFL game. You're not, you know, the Panthers had 21 yards on their first 20 plays. You're not going to do that to teams. You're not playing Arkansas state. You're playing an NFL game. Um, You know, miles had the two sacks and miles was a bully all day. Um, I thought the Browns tackled well. I thought they swarmed, you know, commendable by them. Obviously the run game, we know what it is. We know how unique dynamic those two guys are when the Browns get it working with both of them. I mean, for 50 plus minutes, Jason, they had their blueprint dominate with defense. Don't make any stupid mistakes and just get the lead in the fourth quarter and put them away. The last part didn't, and it completely unraveled. And then this phenom rookie bailed them out. Right. But I think and, and I'm curious to go back and watch this game again for a couple of reasons. And again, we haven't. This is three hours after the game. I don't get home until tomorrow afternoon. You know, one, just just to kind of look and see, um, you know, how how things look. But there were so many strange moments. The ball on the ground and Christian McCaffrey runs 28 yards with it. Right. I thought Brissett, who's not a very good quarterback, 
amazingly dodged some sacks and not even on the one where they got the pass interference to set up the touchdown. Um, I'll throw it back to you with this. I think Stefanski was, was real in saying this after the game. We know that Brissett is, is, is limited, but man, he avoided the big mistake. He kept them moving and there were some bad misses, but there were also some balls he put in there and credit to Schwartz and people's Jones. They caught him. Well, I'll go back to what you said. They were in, I mean, they were in complete control of this game for 50 minutes and then things got away from them at the end. And, and to me, that just tells me how small of a margin of error this team is going to have every week because this is not a good football team. The Panthers are not a good football team right now. And, and maybe they'll be better as the year goes on. But when you look at ahead of the Browns schedule and what's coming, there's a lot of teams a lot better than this. And obviously they'll catch a little bit of a break again next week, but I just don't see, I mean, the Browns should have 31 points at the half. Brissett missed Amari Cooper on a route mm-hmm. on third down on the first possession. If it's not a touchdown, it's probably first and goal or thereabouts. If, if he, if it's even a confident throw. And then Kevin doesn't want Cade's first kick in the NFL to be from 50 plus. So they pass on a 53 yard field goal. And Brissett misses terribly to Donovan Peoples-Jones on fourth down. Then he missed Kareem Hunt wide open down the sideline on a wheel route. Then he didn't even see Donovan Peoples-Jones running totally free in the secondary, coming off play action, or else he knew he couldn't get it there, one of the two. And that's just the first quarter. That was all the first quarter. Right. It was like the first quarter and a half were wild, and it was 0-0 and then (laughs) 7-0. Yeah, yeah. And and listen, guys are going to miss throws. No one's expecting perfection. But when you stack bad play on top of bad play on top of bad play on top of bad play in one quarter, you can't help but shake your head. And I mean, listen, I'm not going to beat this drum all year. It's over. But you already saw today why I wanted them to pursue Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought we could at least get through these first couple of games with somewhat mildly decent quarterback play before he was exposed. Nope. He got exposed right away. And you're right. Like, you didn't turn the ball over. Okay, fine. He also didn't make very many plays to help them win the game. No. And and I think that we're going to see – you know, I think all of this, um, you know, they kind of kept it under wraps, but the the Hunt-Chubb backfield together that fans have been calling for for years, I think that's here to stay, especially with no fullback on the roster. Some of the guys in the locker room, mm-hmm. were, <coughs> excuse me, were kind of excited to see that as, as, a, as a little something in their bag going forward this year. And obviously that part of it worked well, especially early on. Kareem was a big part of this offense. He's in a contract year. He's obviously motivated. I think it would be wise to, to continue to lean on him all year long. And then the only other thing I'll say defensively, I was talking to some guys in the locker room after the game and said, you know, I'm no defensive coordinator, but that looked an awful lot like what teams did to Baker last year when he was here and spreading the edges wide, containing him to the pocket and making him a pocket passer. And all the defensive guys I talked to said, yeah, basically that was it. And we saw the results, at least five that I counted, five batted passes or at least tip passes, four fumbles, although not all of them were his fault. He took the blame from, but I don't think all more Baker's fault. The interception, the four sacks. This is what happens when you make Baker Mayfield a pocket passer. We saw it last year. It wasn't the shoulder, folks. This is who he is. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and who better to exploit those, right? And, like, the Browns' offense clearly is limited. It's, it's a sign, though, we know coming in, we think we know what it's going to look like, right? They're, they're, they have two dominating pulling guards who fit the system and block for these backs. Um, I'm with you. There's, you know, I, you, you can't use the two-back package all the time, but there's something to be said for getting your best players on the field, something to be said for defense already reacts to Kareem Hunt, when he comes on the field. So to be able to put him at tailback one play fullback, the next in the slot, in the veer, you know, different things like that um, gives, gives you looks. And, and, you know, frankly, teams play the spread anymore. They don't play the old school two back set. So eventually they'll know how to adapt, but, but the Browns can get some things out of that. Um, They really can. And and we know Kareem's skill set. And look, um, it's going to take selfless buy-in because, a fresh and motivated Kareem is a beast, as we saw today. He's not going to be fresh much longer. He's going to have to stick with it. Um, Amari Cooper is not going to get big numbers. He made a huge catch down the stretch, right? He was the beneficiary on that pass interference where the DB just lost, got lost and then lost his mind. Absolutely like, no idea what he was doing. We no. talked about that at the time. Oh, yeah, horrible so play. Cooper can help you win. Um, and somewhere along the way, he'll have his numbers, but you know, he's going to have to block and he's going to have to have four for 48 and make those four counts. You know, he just, he just is. Um, People's Jones is his biggest asset is his big body. And he played like he knows how to use it. Not everybody wants to go over the middle of the field. There are phenomenal receivers in this league, way more talented than Donovan People's Jones who don't want to go over the middle of the field. They find a way for him to go over the middle and make those catches for Anthony Schwartz. Um, who we all know huge. his story, you know. So huge. Catch. So this is what I'm kind of fascinated by, Jason. One of the many things going forward. It's like you can't just run the ball on every play, and you can't say, Kevin, put the two backs in and run, and run the ball. Like right. you have to do some other things. The flip side of that is on one third down in particular, it was third and manageable. You go five wide, so you know you show you're not running because Brissett has no wheels, and you throw the quick into Swartz, and he doesn't catch it. Like you're sunk right there. And I, and I will, I will give Kevin and ABP and Petsing and the whole crew a pass. Like it's the first game. You just throw that play out of the playbook, right. Until much further notice, but and, like and these are the limitations they're dealing with. And as we go down the road, um, they're going to have to stay creative. They're going to have to stay aggressive and we'll just see, because you're not going to win a ton of games only throw them for 147 yards. And who's to say Schwartz was the primary on that? Although he did go to him awfully quick, it makes you think that he was. Yeah. Unless Jacoby just saw something, but boy, I want to spend a minute on Schwartz because obviously no one has taken a beating, and rightfully so, this preseason. Then Anthony Schwartz, there was discussions. I mean, Kevin was even asked if he was going to make the team or if he was going to be released. Just a miserable, awful preseason. You could tell it was wearing on him. It got into his head. Huge, huge third down catch. Cannot be overstated. What a big catch that was that led to points uh, for Jacoby to have the, the, the faith in him and trust in him to go back to him on such a big moment. 
for Schwartz to make the catch, to hold on to the ball and come down with it. I saw him briefly in the locker room after the game, and I just said, hey, man, that was a hell of a catch, and I know you really needed that. And just the look of relief on this young man's face. I mean, he's a kid. You know, he's a second-year receiver, Mm -hmm. still trying to figure out his way, and just the look of relief on his face. And he said, yeah, I I really needed that. Like, this has been wearing on him. He he hears it all. He knows – what people think of him. He knows that he's let them down. Yes. A super nice point. kid who lives online. He sees it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so, and I, and I, and I thought it was smart for Kevin. It was kind of the OBJ package in a way, right? Like just get yeah. the ball in his hands, just get it to him early. Just, you know, with Odell, it was always, they could never figure out how to get it to him. So just snap it, flip it to him. Yeah. And they had a couple of those to, to Schwartz early on end rounds. And I said, did that help at all? And he said, yeah, it helped like get the butterflies out. It helped getting hit. Like it helped me to get hit a couple times and just get into the flow of the game and get rid of the nerves and get rid of the butterflies. I don't know. I didn't have a good angle, Zach, on the the one that pass that you're talking about that was incomplete. I didn't think it was a drop necessarily as much as it was just good pass coverage. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it maybe it was a drop. I don't know. They only went to him twice, but man, to as far as I'm concerned, the biggest catch of his career to this point, obviously he's he's just starting out. But for what that did for his confidence level, you would hope going forward. <laughs> I cannot overstate what a huge catch that was for Anthony Schwartz on third down late in the game. No, that's right. And, and look, you know, you're going to evaluate the good and the bad, and you did it in a win. You didn't have to deal with the fallout and all of that stuff. Right. right? Um, but yeah, you're, you're looking for breakthrough moments. You know, you're looking for guys. Okay. Is this moment too big for this guy? And then as the season goes along, then you make, is he just not good enough? Or are we bringing along young players? And the Browns are still, you know, by raw age, one to 53, they're still the youngest team in the league. They have more proven experience and proven NFL production than they've had at any time in their previous 20 some years. Right. But they still have kids in a lot of spots. And as they rotate through the receivers, these guys have done nothing. I mean, Peoples Jones had those big couple moments that popped his rookie year, but right. I thought today was just his most consistent game. You know, uh, Harrison Bryant. Back. What's that? Uh, real, real quick on DPJ, eleven targets. Is that is that really his role this year? Or was that an anomaly? Um, it's hard to say because we saw so little of the the starting offense in camp and in the preseason that I don't know. But the way Brissett operates, I I think it's probably not going to be eleven. But I don't think it's an anomaly either. I I, I lean towards the high end of the middle there. I think he's going to have a role in this team. So. Um, you know, I don't know if Bell got targeted or not, right? They don't ran think him so. in. I don't and, remember it. Yeah. You know, they, they struggled to get Njoku involved. They, they threw two big balls to Harrison Bryant. One was a huge catch. One wasn't. I don't know if he really could have caught that or not. That's something I need to go back and look at, right? But you, you need these guys. And, and Peoples-Jones is, frankly, he's a little more experienced than those guys. He's a much bigger target. And why do you play Brissett? Because you trust that he's going to process the play and try to make it as close to looking like it's supposed to look in the meeting room on Tuesday and Wednesday and the practice field on Wednesday and Thursday to that. And if he think if he trusts people's Jones to get in the right spot and outbody his defender, then yeah, a lot of passes are going to go his way. They are. So, um, you know, not surprised that Kareem had a huge game, certainly never surprised when Nick Chubb has a big game. You know, it's, I, I was surprised that Dearness Johnson was the inactive, they went with yeah, three. Me too. Was I thought wonder I wonder if there was an injury there or something. No, he was not I was on surprised the injury report. No. So um they, they chose other guys for special teams and they they played Jerome Ford 
they played him as the kick returner. So that's interesting because it, it always has kind of felt like he'd be the one to get traded if that goes. But, you know, you're going to need all these guys, right? Because Chubb got 22 carries today, and I feel like Jason, today was finally the day he was going to get that 28 or 30 if they really needed him, right? If the game script would have kept going the way that it was without that 75-yard Robbie Anderson um, touchdown. You know, because Kevin really needed this game and the Browns really needed this game. But and those guys break tackles and they run with such poise along with the power, you know, they're they're gonna get beat up. And that's the problem. And that's that's why the Browns are not gonna sit Kareem Hunt down tomorrow and say we would love to pay you what you think you're worth, because they're just not. He's he's been hurt, he's 27, and he's a battering ram player. I mean, what makes Kareem great is also what makes you hesitant to sign him. That's that's just the facts, right? So, um, yeah. as, as we look here, and, and I think you know everybody's kind of seen the game and and digested all these other things. Let, let's look ahead a little bit. We know these next few games are winnable. We know that you know the offense has a ceiling and has some clear limitations, but it can clean some things up. The defense super impressive for seventy five percent, maybe eighty five percent of the day, right? A winning effort certainly. Um, and we'll have the chances. The next three quarterbacks on the schedule are Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota. So as you look here, like, you know, Kate York can win you games, right? You know what your backs are. You, you keep doing things to create some layups and create some opportunities with misdirection. Um, you got to go find a punt returner. It shouldn't be that hard. But, you know, I think they're easing their way in. They, they had James Hudson at right tackle. There was no disasters. About four times I thought, oh, my God, Brissett is either going to fall down before the rush gets there or he's going to get blasted. And they resulted in no turnovers. They only, the Panthers only got one sack the whole day. I mean, that is humongous. That is humongous. And that's a credit to Brissett. It, it really is. So, um, like I said, they're not going to blow anybody out, including no. the Jets. <laughs> right? No. Uh, and they're probably not all going to come down to wild swings of 75-yard touchdowns and 58-yard field goals. But the Browns are going to have to win grinders. They're going to go into the fourth quarter. They're going to have to convert third downs, which they did a really good job today. And the margins are going to be thin. And it's a positive start in the, the category that counts. There are positives. I think overall the positives outweigh the negatives. And, you know, they felt good about this team. We, we mentioned in all the preview stuff, they've kept all their draft picks. They've kept all their major signings with few exceptions. They signed Brissett the morning after they traded for Watson and they've stuck with him. It's the same offensive system. It's the same defensive system, right? Like they're in here. They like what they have. And it's a long way to December and through December and all that stuff that we know is out there and has been out there. But I think you look at this team and you say, okay, like maybe, you know, maybe they are going to stack some wins and maybe this running back combo is just good enough to eventually help them beat somebody that when you look at the schedule, you don't think that they can. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Well, we've been talking for about 21 minutes, and we have yet to discuss the size of Cade York's balls. So I think now would be an appropriate time to address the gutsiest. I mean, when was the last time with everything at stake? And, yeah, it's one game. It's the opener. There's a lot of football left. We all know what was at stake in this game. For a rookie kicker in his first NFL game on the road, I mean, I was having flashbacks to LSU Florida when he ran down the field doing the chomp. Uh, after making that kick in the fog, obviously, that everyone likes to talk about. Zach, he hit the net from 58 yards. He hit the freaking net. Yeah. Like, it would have been good from 65, 68, and he hit it well. And I was talking to him a little bit after the game. I don't know what he said at the podium. I don't know. Maybe he repeated some of the stuff at the podium. <coughs> he said, first of all, you know, I thought they should have kicked it from 53 on the opening drive, just get the points. He said he didn't want. They, they, he was told that they didn't want his first kick to be 50-plus. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. I understand that. But he said the wind was tricking him throughout the day. He was kind of struggling a little bit with the wind there. And and when he first hit it, from my vantage point, again, I was on the field in the tunnel on the other end of the field. So I was I had a long look at or from a long ways away. I thought he missed it right. And then it started coming back. And he said – he he didn't watch it all the way. He had to watch. He wasn't sure he got it at first. It wasn't one of those. As soon as he hit it, he knew it was true. But he watched it for a couple seconds, and then he said, "I I knew I got it." He stopped watching it. Zach, I told you in the elevator leaving the press box. Most kickers just sort of keep their mouth shut, their head down. This dude's got a swagger about he him does. that I don't that I don't really recall ever seeing on any kicker, let alone a rookie kicker. Like most of these guys, just try and stay out of the way and stay in, invisible. Brown's got a kicker, Zach, and it's funny because I was thinking about this. I didn't write this, but, you know, Houston helped the Browns win this game even without Deshaun Watson because it was that draft day trade when it was Houston where they traded down, picked up the extra fourth-round pick, and you were the one that asked Barry after the draft, I think, did you have Cade targeted with that fourth-round pick all along? Mm-hmm. And if memory serves, Barry basically said yes. Well, he lied. He didn't directly say yes, but yes, <laughs> that's that's who they wanted. Um, the kid's a freak show, Jason. And like, I, I went to the punter, the long snapper to Petonio and Teller guys who've seen a lot in this league. And I said, Hey, you guys know more about this and more about Cade than I do. But like right away, this, this looks and sounds different to me. And they're all like, yes, yes. And he's missed some through. I don't think he missed in the spring and that doesn't matter, but in the summer, like he's missed some, I don't recall yeah. him missing short at all. And, you know, in training camp, and this would be the same if it was a 12 year kicker versus uh, a rookie kicker, you know, you have a six or seven kick period where the guy comes in and the defense doesn't rush and anything like that, but you know, it's a simulated situation. You, the drill ends and you run on with your holder and your snapper and there's people out there. Everybody has to get lined up and you, you go and they would land on 52, 55 and 58. Um, just what you know what it was last wednesday after the browns gave him 10 days off just to preserve his leg they prefer made a point to say he went 16 of 18 and he made a 58 yarder into the wind and he smoked it so i'm watching in warm-ups and i'm not watching all the kicks because i mean this guy's this good everything 36 and in he might have pushed one along the way that i wasn't really paying attention to but it's like automatic Right. Like it's just like automatic. So he kicked three in a row at 58, that number, and he missed them all. And one of them he missed really bad. And so he was asked after the game, um, 
was what was up in warmups? You weren't making them. And he said, that's probably my worst warmup ever. And he just said his timing was off and he didn't, it didn't bother him. And he's unflappable. And I totally agree with the fans. He's thinking there um, on that first kick. You and I talked about it. You know, as they go, they're going to have to understand their kicker is a better player than their quarterback. And, and we're going to see <laughs> about that. And like this 58 is going to be something that Cade and Mike Prefer and Kevin are going to have to talk about all the time because in the wind and in, in AFC North conditions, not on September 11th in Charlotte, maybe not, but the dude kicks the snot out of the ball. The dude believes he's going to make his kicks. And I wasn't sure he was going to make it, but I knew he was going to give it a chance. And I just think he's continued to carry himself. It is a swagger, but he is super polite. It's not outward in your face. Look at me, right? Like it's a confidence that he's going to do yeah. it. Think about yeah. it. He's a freshman. They didn't need him because they had Joe Burrow, Chase, and Jefferson. They beat everybody by 70. But he's 18 years old and been a serious kicker for two and a half years, and he's on that team, right? Then he's in the SEC, the fog game. Then he's coming out early. Everybody knows. Everybody's crowning him. I mean, Prefer said, you know, some people thought at the combine that this kid was too cocky. No, the kid's damn good, <laughs> right? Like, he just, he just is. And obviously, I didn't see – Bengal Steelers today. I know there were kicking disasters. I think one of the snappers got hurt. Something else happened. I don't know. I mean, we've seen kicking disasters here for a long time. This kid is money. And he flat out was the hero of his first NFL game. He's 21. He's the youngest player on the team. And he did that in his first NFL game. Earned a lot of respect in that locker room today. I can tell you that. Even again, I was as, as I was standing on the tunnel, I heard guys, Carolina players coming up the tunnel just sort of shaking their head in amazement at that yeah. kick that even they were talking about it. Um, just incredible moment. And Zach, just the way that it changes the play calling, like you go back to the green Bay game and, and last year and Baker throws the four picks and they lose in a game. They easily could have won. They didn't have the kicker and, and there's no way that they could trust. I don't even remember who the dude was, but he like just showed up like an hour before the game. They like, they just signed the guy off the street and it, cha- it affects your play calling on not only fourth down, but third down and second down. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, if you don't have anyone that you can trust to even make a forty-yard kick, right. I think the Browns right now. And you're right. When the bad weather comes, when he's going to the south end of the state of Cleveland Brown Stadium, First Energy Stadium, maybe this doesn't apply. But right now, Zach, if they're inside the forty-five, I think they feel like they got a shot at points. Yes. Just based on what we've seen so far. Again, the confidence that making that kick today will give them. Not that the kid needs any more confidence. Anytime they're 45 and in, I think you feel good about you you're coming away with at least three points. Yeah, no, they, they have to. And that was an area that they needed to address. They couldn't wait. They had to take him in the fourth round, right? I, right now, looks- I think we talked about it because that's the one guy in that draft where they could get the number one guy on their board at that position. Mm-hmm. So do it. I don't care if it's a fourth round pick. It was right. the biggest need on this team. So go burn the pick, mm-hmm. make the pick, and go get your guy. I love the pick at the time. And obviously it's paying off. Yeah. Like I said, just, just from talking to people and just from watching the only concern has ever been like, okay, he he's going to miss at some point. So when the weather comes and when he misses, is, is he going to be fine? Well, I think that's probably why they're giving him 10 days off. They're saying we need you when it counts. And like now, like you, you mentioned the respect in the locker room and the celebration and everybody wanting to mob him and all that. Like it does, it does change your thinking. You evolve in this league so much as a team and you have to, because everybody has the film and everybody has 20 coaches and they take it away. Right. And so what the Browns did with Kareem today, they won't be able to do in three weeks. 
But like when you can make 55 yard field goals and you're going to be in grinder type games anyway, <laughs> that is a weapon that, you know, a small, small, small percentages league even has. And obviously, you know, the kicks you would try at the end of the game because you need to are different. Right. Jason, like that, that discussion of Stefanski not wanting to do that to his kicker and not doing that in the first quarter, that's a discussion that's had every week around the league on some level as to what are our limitations? Where, how does this affect the shape of the game, and where we want the ball and what we would need to do here? And knowing he can do it, like that, that absolutely will help them along the way and more than just collecting the three points. So, you, you know, better than anyone, NFL games are, are set to be decided by certainly seven points or less. A lot of times, three points or less. I looked it up at one point. I don't have the numbers at the tip of my fingers, but it's a lot. It's probably, I would say, close to half the games are decided by three points or less. Maybe not quite that high, but a lot. Browns won eight and nine last year with a quarterback who couldn't come through late in games and a kicker they couldn't trust late in games. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to wait a while to see the quarterback, but they feel pretty strongly that they've addressed both of those. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't want to talk about what's going to happen 11 weeks out from now because there's a lot of football to be played between now and then, but I just want to point out the two things that were really holding them back last year are areas that they emphatically upgraded this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, like, you know, wise people say in this league, you know, Barring injuries, you'll you'll end up about where you're supposed to be. Well, to go on the road in week one and win, you know, I don't know if Carolina's going to be a four-win team, a seven-win team, a ten-win. Probably not going to be a ten-win team. But, like, a week one road win, that can help you. That's big. That That's what good teams do, right? You, yep. you, you need to do that. So um, I'm going to read from this week in Browns as we get out of here. Um, the last paragraph here. Sorry, I just lost my spot. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Official prediction. Um, as for Sunday, both teams want to ride their running backs and defenses. I expect the Browns to try a couple deep shots early, but mostly use quick passes and as Chubb the break through the first wave of the defense. I expect Mayfield to target McCaffrey often on screens and swing passes. Eventually, I think the Browns defense makes one big play and that the running backs get to pound away in the fourth quarter to set up a York game winner and avoid a Mayfield flag planting along the visitor sideline. They trust the kid, man. They should. The kid's freaking. The kid is a freak show. The good news is Browns fans. You got a lot of freak shows on this team. Um, Bad news is past games. It leaves a lot to be desired. And there's a human element to, to these close games and these bounces and these running backs and all that. But honestly, like just feel good about this win. They should. They Can I do. mention one thing? Yeah. One thing before we get out of here. How long until Matt Rule's fired? Chris McCaffrey had 10 carries today, four pass catches, was really a non-factor. He had the one long run you mentioned coming off the fumbled snap, picked yeah. it up and ran. Really, really wasn't much of a factor at all. And the Panthers still almost won this game. They had so many questionable things that I just don't understand what he was doing. He got the sideline penalty. I didn't understand their clock management at the end of the half. They got beat on a screen on third and 13. What else did you think they were going to do? After refusing to take the 10-second runoff, apparently thinking they were going to get the ball back and try and score again, and then to get beat that badly on a screen. Just a lot of mismanagement, I thought, on Carolina's side. And Matt Rule started the season on the hot seat, and I don't think today did anything to cool it. Yeah, and you play a team that's struggling next week too, right? Um, Tomlin's not getting fired, but they might have lost TJ Watt today. 
They played Mitchell Trubisky. And the Falcons had a huge lead. Obviously, I didn't see what happened, but they lost the game. They're the second year of their program. They don't have a quarterback or an offensive line. Like, you know, it's never going to be easy, but the Browns have a chance here to really create some momentum. Um, do you think – you last thing, do you think there's something – because I, I do here. I, I think there's absolutely something to be said for this shit's behind us, the Baker thing, the whole – the buildup, right? We're further – like, finally – because of Baker, the words to Sean Watson weren't uttered this week. Like there's gotta be something to that, to just move on and talk about Kareem Hunt and Cade York. Right. And, and just get ready for the Jets. I think there is a huge relief in that building. I wrote that there was inordinate pressure in that building for a week one game and not jobs are on the line type pressure, but just making it very known of what was expected. And you had to win this game and they did. Barely, but they did put it behind them now. Everyone can just sort of take a deep breath and, and get ready for the rest of the season. Um, I That's a building I would not want to be in tomorrow if Cade misses that kick. Yeah. That kick just cannot be overstated what a huge kick that was. Because um, like I said, I, I wrote when Jimmy walked out of the stadium tonight, he had sweat through his shirt to the point where I thought someone dumped water on his back in the locker room after the game. And I asked him, is that all sweat or did someone dump something on you? And he said, no, it's all sweat. I mean, he he sweat it out in that game today. Huge win, huge sigh of relief. I agree with you. Get this behind them. And now they can focus on on hopefully a little bit of normalcy now for the next couple of months as yeah. the season really gets rolling. Yeah. And, and, you know, the flip side is as soon as you lose and as soon as your passing game totally flops, then this is all back right out there. Right. Like, um, but you know, they signed up for this, got to win and and you just have to get into the season and do it because that's, that's how you get better. That's how your offensive line gets better. That's how your defensive line gets better. And that's, that's how you get rid of these communication issues too. The preseason doesn't mean shit. Right. But it is alarming that the bears were seen taking advantage of communication breakdowns. And then the Browns were so dominant today. And then all of a sudden lose a guy in the fourth quarter in the middle of the field, yep. right? Like you just, you can't do that. So, yep. so they need to get that taken care of. And the best way to do that is get out and play. So we'll see. Hey, enjoy it guys. Um, we will have another podcast later in the week as we get ready for the jets and talk about what's ahead. So um, go enjoy, you know, um, your win. It's been a long time coming. And it's Joe Thomas in Canton next summer and Cade York uh, 27 summers from now in Canton. Talk to you soon.